Delighted to be joined this morning by Wexford Youth Manager Tom Elms. Tom, welcome and thanks for taking the call this morning. No problem, Aaron. You're welcome. It's a very unprecedented time at the moment. Obviously, we were it's supposed to be in the middle of in the season now. You were supposed to play Cork today. Different times call for different measures. The season hasn't kicked off, obviously, due to the ongoing pandemic. But in terms of Wexford Youths, has how hard has it been just to keep your squad sort of taking over, especially we're in a amidst that we can only travel certain distances we can't train together we can't even play together no it's, it's very difficult I think it's even more difficult the fact that we were so close to starting the season and the players have gone through you know their, their pre-season schedules and even before the, the contact starts the pre-season you know, players are on programs and they're working hard on their own and they are they're thinking ahead to the start of the season so it's a uh, very, very difficult one for them. It's quite tough on them mentally and, and even for the coaching staff and the management as well. It's something you really look forward to. And we've never, we've never experienced anything like this before. And you know, you don't know how how long we're going to be in a lockdown or how long these measures will be in place. Um, so it is hard to hard to plan going forward. And obviously, we don't have the resources of obviously of some of the professional clubs and you see of the programs and the contact they have with players and. Know, getting equipment out to them and things like that, so we don't have those resources. So we kind of have to do with with what we can and and, and the best way we can. So I think the key thing is, has been keeping keeping the group together um, through communication, and um, that's been a key thing. Um, I think the players have responded quite well, and they understand the situation as disappointed as they are. Um, but they know now it's, it's an opportunity really for them to to work hard as, as best they can and make sure, you know, when we do get the, the all clear to go back um, in the best best condition that we can uh, to do that. And obviously you would have sent them, you did got individual programmes or are you doing, say, collective sessions as well through online so resources? Yeah, well, I think the, we, we decided to do a couple of uh, collective sessions online because it's a good way of, of keeping the group together and, and, and keeping them communicating. So we're quite fortunate that Kennedy is a personal trainer and uh, her own physical condition is, is, is very good so um, she's put a couple of programs together that the, the players do it's, it's fun as well as, as you know a good workout but we're also fortunate enough then to have the link with, with IT Carlo so we can link in with their sports science staff so you know, we, the, the players are all on an app and their, their programs go up onto the app for their daily programs and weekly and so on and the different exercises and, and content they have to do is all on the app so they just check in and uh, once they've completed they tick it off and, and we're able to see and, and keep track of, of who's doing what but I suppose getting a blend between having their personalised programmes or group programmes that they're doing in long time but also that little bit of communication where the group comes together for, for a workout or a little bit of fun and just to catch up as well at the same time That's probably the most important thing though in terms of when they do come together that they have that especially have that outside socialising although they can't leave their home you know because especially being a football team like you, you can see how close Wexford have been in the last couple of years that one thing is always evident is that they are, the, they are a family and like it's hard for them not to, to be able to, to come together so having that communication with it, as you said a bit of fun not only for things like the keeping the camaraderie going but it also it's also good for their, the likes of their mental health as well uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, I think they started their, their quiz night, and um, 
I think the Queen lasted an hour, but the overall Zoom meeting, I think, lasted nearly three hours or more. And it was just them having the crack and catching up and having the laugh, which they would normally do in the dressing room or around training. And you know, outside of that environment, so need to you know, the best that it can do. And in myself, at the end of the week, I, I rang, you know, bring the players individually to see how they are and again on with the, the programs and stuff. And the conversation just turns into a general conversation. It's quite important that we have that and you're just seeing how they are and you're just catching up and even move away from football and just have a good chat. I think you kind of miss that because obviously we we kind of we, we are you know in a lockdown and you do maybe see the same faces um, through this period. So and the conversation even with, with someone can can really help and be beneficial, especially when you look at mental health. You know, just just having a, a good good chat sometimes can uh, can do the world of good. It must be different. It must be different for you as well, especially considering. Like you're involved at IT Carlo as well, so you're seeing hundreds of faces a day to go into only seeing a few. Like, how have you adapted personally? Yeah, it's different. I mean, rather than the, the students coming to your office and, and looking for things that they're on the phone, so we're, we're still dealing with students in a way. Um, so when the lockdown came in, we were, we were approaching the Easter period, so uh, it was just a week prior to Easter that we, we kind of lost contact with students in terms of what we generally would have normally been doing. And so over the week, week of uh, two weeks of Easter, they made they were you know continuing on with their uh, assignments and so on. And then after Easter, the way Easter felt this year, they would have generally been going straight into exams and, and preparing for exams. So our contact would have been very much reduced with them then anyway. So it kind of hasn't been too bad. We've been able to carry on and manage our workload from home. Even over Easter, we we normally look at uh, you know the, the applicants for the following year. Um, so we've had to do that all online this year and video call. And, but like it's, you know, it's really positive, and you see everyone we talk to is optimistic and, and, and looking on the positive side of things. And, and I think that's really important. That, you know, everyone does that. That you know, you stay positive. You, you look on the you know to the positive side of things. It's, it's all we can do. Everyone has to do it to be honest. And just when you say in terms of applicants for for next year, have we seen? A gradual rise or a decrease in the last couple of years in terms of women's national league players potentially applying for the football course in Carlo? Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of hot and cold. I mean, over the years, we've had some fantastic players come into the course. I mean, obviously, the, the last two years then hasn't been so so many of the national league players, and it is, it is a tough one. Uh, it's something we're always looking to try and do is to increase female participation, and if we can get national league players in, even better. Uh, and I think, I suppose, different to the men's game, the course probably highlighted at an earlier stage. And obviously, the women's game is catching up now in terms of you know numbers of players and, and the quality and, and so on. So I think the more players that realise what the course can give uh, and the benefits to it, that it's you know it's, it's a degree a, bit, a degree in business first and foremost, and um, before anything else. And, and I'm sure that we're going to look to try and continue to you know to increase the participation of the female students on the course. You've also had a couple of internationals come through who've who've made the step up to international football while being on the course as well. Yeah. Like that's that that in itself just shows and the fact that you now have it recognised by the FAI as as one of their main courses. Like in terms of just talking about the course itself, like what would be a, a daily or not even a daily, like a, a general overview in terms of what would players get from it? Like obviously you say they'd get a degree but like, there's a lot of coaching to it as well. They'd also get qualifications out of it as well in terms of coaching, wouldn't they? Um, so yeah, the course the course is quite broad and it gives people the opportunity to kind of explore their interests or, or their passions or the pathway that they would like to follow. 
Um, so, for example, then you mentioned some of the elite players. Any of the elite players that come in, obviously, the opportunity to, to, to get a degree whilst focusing on, on the development as a player. And that's just not on the pitch, it's off the pitch as well. Obviously, some of the modules that they cover in player development look at the kind of development of a player off the pitch and what they can do to, to help that development. And also, then the facilities that we have in Carlo and, and the environment that we try and create, it gives them an opportunity to train uh, like a full time player and, and really kind of give themselves that best opportunity that they can to you know, continue and, and develop as a player and play at the highest level that they can. And we're quite fortunate we've had some, some good players come in and, and take advantage of that and progress on, and whether that's been to leave us before they graduate because the opportunities have been given or to use it as an opportunity to graduate and, and continue on afterwards. And, I mean, Louise Quinn and, and Anya Gorman would have been two great examples of, of players that are in and studied hard but had the opportunity then to go off and, and, and play, play abroad and both took those opportunities, whereas players like Rihanna Jarrett, she'd come in and she'd benefit from the course, especially with injuries and stuff, it'd give her an opportunity to kind of focus on herself, development maybe away from the pitch and you know, after graduating, you know, she was a much better player so and she progressed on with her football, so lots of different examples for different players there. but then at the same time, some of them you know, prefer going down that coaching route and, um, you know, they come in and take advantage of the coaching opportunities, go through and, and complete the way to be, and you see that with Claire Kinsler would be an example of um, and, and was an absolutely you know, a fantastic coach and put a lot of work in and she's coaching out in the States now so you know, she's a, you know, a great example of someone who took advantage of that and then a number of players then have come in and you know, completed the degree and, and gone off and, and, and you know, got great jobs in, in that world of business and um, it's great to see it, see it happening there's so many different you know, ways of exploring it prime example for me is though the amount of IT Carlos um, video analysis that are in both the League of Ireland and the Women's National League yeah I mean with the fill you with, with pride though when you see a course that you you undertook at first like you you were a participant in the course and now you're working on the course as well that must fill you with a lot of pride yeah it's great and I mean obviously mine was a different route and, and everyone has a different route and a different story but for me it was I, I'd come in I was playing when I came in and I really enjoyed it but I just got that coaching book quite early and uh, I really really enjoyed it and some of the opportunities that come up in coaching I just feel you have to take them and that balance between playing and coaching is quite a difficult one and for me it was, it was pushing on with, with coaching and that's where I decided to, to continue going and then when the opportunity came up to go up to Belfast and do a master's degree in sports and coaching I decided that that was something again that would suit me and the pathway I was looking to go in and, and lo and behold once I, once I completed that the, the position came up for, for the job and I just you know, fortunate enough to put myself in a good position with the experience I got and I was fortunate to get the job, but and there's other people that took other routes, 
some people, you know, playing over in New Zealand. I mean, it's absolutely great to see. Some people have took on um, PT roles and they've got their own personal training business going. Some of the guys over in the UK, we've got other guys in the UK, one of them working for Manchester United in their performance analysis department. Absolutely fantastic to see. And I think one of the good things about the course is it's not just a conveyor belt of people coming in and coming out with the same thing and everyone comes comes out with a different story and a different pathway and a different interest and, and that's the biggest benefit of the course, to be honest. Just obviously you gave a nice segue there when you mentioned coaching. You've just been announced as one of the participants on the new UEFA FAI Pro Licence. That must be nice, a nice achievement to get onto that course. I know it's not easy to get onto in particular. Yeah, it's, um, no, I'm, I'm delighted to be honest. It was just one of those. I just thought it was time to, you know, I wanted to, to do something to, to do something else and do and, and, and know more. Um, so I just I was look after him hat in the rings. You know, I was fully aware of how difficult it is to get on the court, and I think I completed my B license in, in 2011. And then I don't think I, I started my uh, A license. I think it was 2016 and completed it in 2017. So it's not too long ago. But I mean, since completing that, you know, I've I've, I've had a lot of experience of you know coaching in the international league and working with the players in IT Carlo, and but even bringing you know the Wexford youth team going playing in, in European competitions and stuff. It's it's a different level of experience and, you know, you, you learn a lot from them. You know, they don't always go the way you want them to go, but sometimes that's when you learn the most. And uh, obviously, then with the pro license, it's quite a um, big application process to go through. So, those of them experiences stood to me when, when completing the application. And fortunately enough, then, yes, they did to get on it. And, and uh, you know, it starts in November. And I, I can't wait to, to get going with it, to be honest. Really looking forward to it. You've got some big names as well on that course. You've got the likes of Carlo Codicini, Irish International, International, John O'Shea, who's also coaching at Reading. So there's a lot of people who you can tap into knowledge as well, and that'll really help you to broaden your horizon. Absolutely. I mean, these guys have been exposed to environments that, that I've never, never, never been involved in or worked in. But the same side then, like some myself and even, even Graham Kelly with, with you, you know, DLR, like we've been exposed to environments that they've never experienced. Obviously, coming to the, you know, the pathways they have, so I think one of the best things about it is, is that if you have an open mind going into these things, you're always going to learn no matter who you're with, who you're talking to, the kind of the caliber of people that are on it are all coming from a, a different background, um, different learning, um, and open them to, to pass it information on it. That's the biggest thing about the, the pro life, like you said, tapping into everyone else's experiences and, their, and the different knowledge that's around the room. Just in terms of your your coaching, um, obviously you're doing football, a lot of football coaching stuff day to day with Carlo and, and Wexford Youths. By by the sounds of what you're saying to me now is, further down the line, you're an ambitious guy. You you're gonna want to potentially, if there's an opportunity, to go. Would you would you look at going into professional football full time, if an opportunity ever arose? Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, you have, you have to be ambitious. I am ambitious, and you know, courage on my. I staff to be ambitious and players to be ambitious so I have to be ambitious myself but yeah I mean, all I've ever done to be fair is taking one step at a time and even getting the job I have now wasn't, it wasn't something I was going looking for it was something that came came to me it was an opportunity that came to me and I said I'd, I'd, I'd take it so yeah I do have ambitions of, of, of going, going further and maybe working in a professional environment at some, at some point but I think, you know, I always focus on what I'm doing now and doing that to the best of my, my uh, capability and 
and, and work as hard as I can in that environment. But yeah, hundred percent, I would I would look to to work in a full time environment if that ever, you know opportunity ever came came about. Just in terms of coaching, you lost a member of your coaching staff during the off season with Scott Gainer leaving after he's given Wexford a lot of years. Disappointed to see him go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Scott wasn't just a member of the staff; he was a really good friend. So, look, we're still in contact. Most days, you can't work in a close environment like that with people, and you know, just not see them again. So, yeah, no, we're, we're really good mates anyway. And we, we, you know, constant communication. And there's other things that take priority in life, and then Scott had to look at that. And it was a time where he knew that he couldn't uh, give what was required in terms of commitment, and he was very honest about that. He had a lot, lot coming up on his plate, and. And he, and he made that decision, and, and it's, uh, it was a tough one for him. Um, he didn't want to, he didn't want to kind of leave the group, but uh, he knew the uh, it was probably the best decision he had. Uh, he's still fortunate enough that he's working in the games, he's working with the uh, under 16s, under 15s, international squads, and I know he does a lot with the school he's with, so he's, he's fully involved. But uh, these are things that kind of come up, you know, with the camps here and there with the, with the youths and. Uh, one of the things I try and encourage is that it's, it's full time. It's, it's not an interest. It's a commitment. So when you're committed to something, everything you do is, is for that reason. So he knew then that you know if we're going to ask the players to do it, the staff have to do it, and he wasn't able to you know to give that commitment. So fair play to him. But you know I'm sure once he's you know got these bits and pieces, he, he needs to focus on it. I, I reckon he'd be looking to make a return at some point. He's the sort of person that, with his personality, he maybe not necessarily has to make the step back into a goalkeeping coach. He could potentially even step into a, a main coaching role, a head coach, if he, want, if, he, if he was so wished. Yeah, I mean, the way, the way things started last year, you know, Scott was, was my assistant for the year. Uh, and, you know, he had, had a different perspective on things and, you know, he filled that role really well. And I think the most important thing about being an assistant is, you know, you, know, you, you ask the questions that, that you know, people don't really want asked and you know you, you question the, the decision of the manager and you know you play that devil's advocate with them all the time and, and, and Scott done that really really well and I mean, when it was a final decision made he went with it um, but in that process of that decision being made he was really important in that in that role so you know, he's done a great job and I'm sure if that was something he looked at further down the line he would he'd, he'd do very well in that role just on on the just on the parties, we can't leave Wexford Youth without mentioning Rihanna Jarrett. I know you got asked this question nearly every time you done an interview last year, in particular in around the cup final. She leaves you. She plays. It makes her debut for Brighton and scores two goals. No surprise there. Not really, no. <laughs> Not really, no. Everyone's aware of what Rihanna's capable of, and um, you know, she knew one of the things when she was going away. She knew that this was. You know, Brighton's probably only another stepping stone for her as to what she wants to do. And she knew she had to go there, hit the ground running, and, and really progress and progress herself and impress when she is there. So I know she had a little bit of a niggle going over, but she didn't let that phase. And as soon as she's, she was able to play, she knew she had to impress, and she, she you know, she 100% did that. A lot of goals to replace next season when football does get back up and running. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, would you prefer Rana Jarrett in your squad? 100%. But at the same time, what people have to remember is, is that Wexford Duke squad. You know, they've won a lot more without Rihanna Jarrett than they did. So, you know, the, the, you know, the players are there, the squad's there. But, yeah, it is, it is a big hole to fill. But there's, there's players, um, you know, buying it a bit to, to fill that, that those shoes and, and have a crack at it. And we've seen what Lauren Kelly was capable of 
towards the end of the season when she played in that more of an attacking role and you know she's, she's an example of someone that we can't wait to get going this year and other players as well you know they need to step up and I think sometimes when, when you lose a big player like, like Rihanna the players around realise they have to step up and if they all give that extra little bit of percentage you know it's going to add to our game overall and, and that's the way we've looked to be, to be approaching that just in, ter- in terms of the actual squad itself, um, it'd be remiss not to mention this interview will actually go- will go out will go out shortly. So tomorrow, um, Monday the fourth of fourth of May, is are undertaking a charity run. If you want to give us a little bit more yeah. details on on how people can, if they want to contribute towards the cause. Yeah. So if they, you know if anyone goes onto our social media pages, um, they'll see a link for doing the Dan, and it's um. A hundred, a two hundred k run, obviously because the the men's team got involved, so we increased it to two hundred k. And obviously, all the players will be contributing. So starting from tomorrow, then yeah, everyone completes uh, a run, and we log it into an app, a run or a cycle or anything like that. We, we log it into an app, and um, then it's all calculated. And by the end of the day, we're able to you know complete those distances. And obviously, with the links on the social media page, then people can go on it's a GoFundMe link, uh, and they can. You know, donate to that. Obviously, we, we surpassed the original kind of target of a thousand euros, so we, we passed that. And we just, I think, we hit three thousand. Then we're looking to push towards three thousand. So, if we can get close to that, absolutely fantastic. So obviously, everyone knows, uh, you know, what great cause it's gone to. It's 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 amazing though, especially in a time like this, how much people come out and do things. You know, like we've seen so many different charitable charitable events happen in the last week or two, like. Everybody just seems to get behind them, and, and even even on the day, like as players start posting their runs, we'll even see a lot more donations coming in because when player when people see them, that's when they're more inclined to say, "Hold on a minute, what's going on here?" and take a keen interest. Yeah, I mean, it gives you it kind of gives you the time to uh, think about what is important in life, and you know, step back for for a second and, and have a look at that. And people think that there are more important things out there, and you know, if you can. You can help in any sort of way, you know, by, by contributing five euro, ten euro to, and, and by completing a run. I mean, you know, what harm? And, and I think people having that, that time on their hands now. I think everyone's more than happy to, to get involved and help in these different things. Like even 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 if at this stage people can't donate, you can always even go out do a run, tag tag the club in it, actually show your support, but just make sure and you stay within your two k boundary at the moment. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that yeah that's important as well. Obviously, you know the access people have have to go on a run or anything like that. But um, yeah, I mean even showing support is, is just as important as well. Gonna finish off on a a high, a high note, Tom. Um, obviously, normally when you see you around a football environment, you're so you're so professional and you're so you're, everything is focused on on the game on 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 the on the occasion last year just at the cup final we sort of seen another a little bit of a different side to you we seen your kids around for the for the media day and we seen them around again after you won the cup you just look so relaxed around them that must have been a lovely occasion to have the kids by you yeah i, I like look i think when you commit to when you commit to something like this um and you work full time you know it's an interest of mine and it's important for me then that you know I have the kids around to enjoy these experiences as well it wouldn't be wouldn't be half as good as an experience if they weren't here and you know it wouldn't just have been the cup final that they'd be at and I know obviously your access to some of our games whatever but most of our home games um, Alfie may to be there and 
Laddie away games might come down and watch them, but they're just so well behaved and they're, they're quite happy to sit in the stands for them. But you know, they get on so well with the girls as well, and they all loved them the night before in the hotel. And you know, the kids are down at the table just like having dinner and we're just having a little bit of crack and they get involved, and they're part of the group now. And, and the players accept it as that, and the staff, and so on. And but yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to um, have these experiences um, without them. So it is, it's really important. Tom, thank you very much for your time. I really do appreciate it, and let's hope we get football back soon, but when things are safe. Absolutely, yeah, uh, I agree. But, um, yeah, take care of yourself, Pat.